Amen. Good morning, seminary family. Before we start, I just want to say a word of prayer with you, if that's all right. Lord, I am your vessel. Have your way. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. So our message for today is going to get a little personal as I delve into something so dear to my heart. I can write a series, really, of the lessons I have learned on this painful and ongoing journey of mine when it comes to my health. But today, I want to focus more on the spiritual element of it. So my weight has been a battle for me for various reasons linked to the traumas I have experienced in my childhood. I have had an up and down battle with my weight fluctuating when stress arises, and this past year I became fed up again. I became fed up as I began to face some hurts and pains that drove me back to some familiar habits of sneaking cookies from the cookie jar, if you get my drift. As one pastor would put it, I realized in this season of my life, I was dealing with the same devils of my past, but new levels of harassment. And though just a year before, I was decreasing in size and growing and growing closer to God, I hit a low and started to reach for old ways of coping. I searched for extreme quick fixes and ended up searching for the root of my problem. Because if my problem is solved at the root, then I won't run back to old habits, right? Maybe the root of my problem is that I am not praying enough. Maybe it's because I am not in the word enough. Maybe it's because I am not dedicated enough, working hard enough, reading enough, singing enough, or maybe, just maybe, I am not enough. And God is allowing all this calamity because he is disappointed with me and angry. Some of you are experiencing a lot of pains like I have and have found yourself lately tapping back into old habits. For some, you are still battling with pornography. You had it under control until COVID-19 hit and you were left without a job. For others, it was drugs and alcohol, which you were free from for so long, but the family and marriage issues began to increase and well, you know, For some, it's negative thinking, overworking, gossiping, and yes, gossiping is just as much as an addiction as anything else, and or toxic relationships and friendships that have been keeping you preoccupied as the pain increased. You have situations in your life that have gone above your head and caused you to revert to what you know, including the old and tired belief that somehow you are suffering because you are not doing enough for God. I think the most painful thing about this past season of my life was the confusion I experienced because I felt so far from God in a time where I knew I was the closest to him. I was not simply in pain because old demons were creeping up again. I was in pain because I was closer to God now than ever before and was suddenly hit left and right to the point where I was left wondering if God had suddenly abandoned me or maybe I drifted away from him. 
Because if he were with me and I closer to him, shouldn't this be easier by now? Shouldn't I be farther along by now? Shouldn't I be over this way of coping by now? Shouldn't trials not affect me the way they do by now? Is God with me? Does he still love me? Does he see how I'm struggling? Am I even really to still be considered one of his children? Why all of these attacks then? Especially in the area of my life that I am the most vulnerable and sensitive. Am I doing something wrong? Today, I want to share with you some lessons God placed in my spiritual emergency kit for seasons of pain. A spiritual emergency kit is the accumulation of all the tools God gave you for rough times. And if you don't have one, it's time to start making one. Such things as songs, key scriptures, reliable and trustworthy contacts, and so forth. But today, I will share tools in the form of lessons for you to add to your emergency kit. Our message for today is entitled, Overcoming in the Desert, or better yet, Lessons in the Wilderness. Turn with me to Luke 4, 1 to 4, and 13. We're going to get really intimate with this text. I will read in your hearing. It says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them, he was hungry. The devil said to him, if you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written. Verse 13, when the devil had finished all his tempting, he left him until an opportune time. The first lesson I want to share with you to place in your spiritual emergency kit is the knowledge that the Holy Spirit will always lead you to your God-ordained, sometimes painful purpose, and not necessarily your picture-perfect preference. This is important for the times you question your purpose because it is painful. Acknowledging this will help you stay at peace in chaos because you realize that pain often comes with the territory, but it is not the determining factor of whether or not you are exactly where you are supposed to be in God. See, Jesus was literally being led by the Holy Spirit to be tempted by his enemy. How painful is that? I don't think we give Jesus enough credit because we say, well, he was God. It must have been easy for him. But can you imagine being led into the wilderness to be tempted by a being you gave life to? Let me make it a little more personal. Can you imagine if you were being led by the one you love to be tempted by your own, your own child, the one that you love, the one that you created, your little baby, who's now his only objective is to destroy you? just to save people who are about to crucify you? How painful it must have been for Jesus, but the pain was not an indication of whether or not Jesus was in his purpose. In fact, Jesus was exactly where he was supposed to be, an ordained trial. 
This guiding of the Holy Spirit was necessary in order for Jesus to fulfill his ordained purpose of saving you and me. Jesus being tempted and tried was part of the process leading to his purpose. So let me make it personal again. You being tempted and tried is part of the process leading to your purpose. Christ said that no man is above the master, and that includes you and me. Some of us are losing our minds because we are being tempted and tried left and right, and old demons are peeking up their heads. And to make matters worse, we think that somehow that means you are doing something wrong. I'm not saying that there aren't things that happen directly due to our negligence, but what if? What if you are being tempted and tried because you are doing something so right? What if? What if the reason you are facing this season is because it's time to face the trauma that causes you to run back and forth to bread and pasta and conquer your enemy? What if? What if you are being led into the wilderness of dealing with your marital issues? What if you are being led by God to face the addictions, face the fears, face the challenges, and declare that in Jesus' name, even when I slip, I will not give up because he is able to keep me from falling. I will not give up and go back to old habits and played out beliefs. I will not give up and lean on to my own understanding. The Holy Spirit, friends, the Holy Spirit may not lead you to the comforts of your preference, but he will always lead you to the necessity of your purpose because there is a victory in your life to be won. The second lesson I believe we can gain from this text is the knowledge that it is often when you are the most vulnerable that the enemy will attack you. I remember when a friend once said to me, Sarah, Satan has lost the battle, but do not underestimate your enemy. Children of God, I believe we have underestimated this enemy who was out here to steal, kill, and destroy us. Somewhere along the lines, we adopted the lie that being a Christian makes things easier, when in reality, it makes you a fiery target that the enemy loves to hit where it hurts. We don't become Christians because it makes things easier. Please listen. We become Christians because we recognize our need for a savior. We follow Christ, clinging on to the hope that he is coming again, hallelujah. And one day there will be no more pain and tears, but do not make the mistake that does not eliminate the fact that there is pain and tears now. Understand this, Satan kicks you when you are down and he attacks ferociously where you are the most vulnerable in order to try to get you to turn away from the one that you need most, especially in seasons of pain. The text says, Jesus ate nothing for 40 days and was hungry. And guess what was the first thing Satan tempts him with? The place of his vulnerability. Turn this bread into stone. Satan tries to manipulate Christ into doing what he shouldn't by putting his identity into question. Are you in a place now where the evil forces are causing you to question your identity as my brother was mentioning in that beautiful spoken word before? Well, if you are a child of God, why don't you just do what God asked you not to? I mean, wasn't he supposed to supply your every need by now? Then why are you still hungry? 
Boy, if we don't remember that the enemy likes to hit where it hurts, when we should be declaring man shall not live on bread alone, we will end up feasting on Parmesan pebbles. Friends, expect the enemy's tactics and do not fear. Does the commander of an army run in fear when the opposing force makes a move he expected? No, and neither should we. Do not fear because the enemy would never steep so low if you didn't have something worth trying to take away. See, even in your tough seasons, there is a spirit that dwells in you that is more powerful than the spirit that is within the world. There is a fight within you that is a force to be reckoned with. There is a lion roaring inside of you that knows how to do everything but fail. In those times when the enemy attacks you, bring out your emergency kit and take out the word of God saying, I don't have to take matters into my own hands because the God who began a good work in me shall see it to completion. I don't have to turn this stone into bread because I know that my suffering in this present time is not worthy to be compared to the glory which shall be revealed in me. You hit me where it hurts the most, Satan, but God will heal me to the uttermost. I know I am weak right now, Satan, but I still praise Jesus for when I am weak, I know he is still strong. No, being attacked isn't a sign that you are somehow lost. It is an indication that God's got you right where he wants you and the enemy is angry about it. The last lesson I believe we can take from this text is so important. I want you to lean into it. It says, Verse 13 says, when the devil had finished all his tempting, he left him until an opportune time. Understand this, until the day Jesus comes again, the war still wages on. Until those clouds roll back, Satan will always be looking for an opportune time and opportunity to tempt you and harass you again. But have no fear because the battle's already won. After being tempted by Satan, Jesus goes through after being tempted by Satan. I want you guys to make sure you get that. Jesus goes through trial after trial, rejection after rejection for those of my friends who are still looking for a job, lie after lie for those of my friends that somebody's been talking about you, trap after trap until the ultimate victory of him dying on the cross and raising from the grave. I say all of this so you can be aware of the enemy's schemes and stand prepared. There's this song by Jonathan McReynolds that talks about how the enemy will get you to remain in cycles because he learns from your mistakes even if you don't. But later in the song is my favorite part because there's a lady that sings, but the enemy will have to lose again because I'm a different fighter now. Friends, sometimes true victory doesn't look like God never allowing you to go through trials and you will go through trials because Satan is always looking for an opportunity to harass you. But sometimes the greatest victory is in the fact that you're a different fighter now. 
What used to take you months to get over now takes you about a few hours. Your bob and weave is different now. You used to look like a punching bag, but now people mistake you for the greatest fighter of all time. I have been so tempted these past few months as my cravings peaked and the past decided to visit me, but I am proud to say I'm a different fighter now. See, amateurs fight not being aware of their enemy schemes or even worse, they fight not being aware of their greatest advantage because we don't want to focus on Satan. We don't want to focus on Satan's schemes. We want to be aware of them so we can be prepared. But we do want to focus on our greatest advantage. And let me tell you a little about our greatest advantage. See, today, consider me the mama bear who you just told there is a bully beating you up at school. See, I don't believe in telling a four-year-old to only tell the teacher when they are getting beat up. So pray for me, y'all. Listen, don't bring one of your bully toddlers and children near my nieces and nephews because your child will learn real quick about the left hook this auntie allows her babies to enforce. Once again, pray for me, y'all. No, I am a mama who is telling you, you better go back to that bully and show him what your mama gave you. Some of you are being so bullied by Satan and losing your mind, and it is time to face that bully and show him what your father gave you. Your greatest advantage is that name above every name, the name that can't be stopped when his child calls on him for help, that name that causes enemies to bless you when their goal was to curse you, the name that causes demons to tremble and Satan to bow down. That name, oh that name, that woke me up this morning and it started me on my way. There is a name, there is a name, and that name is Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. He is your greatest advantage and here is the greatest lesson you can put in your emergency kit today. Jesus' experience in the wilderness was not only an example for when we have hard times, but it's a precious promise. The promise that because he overcame, you will overcome. He overcame Satan in the wilderness and he will overcome Satan in your life. He remained faithful in the wilderness and he will remain faithful in your life. Don't be afraid, child of God, but be aware and store these lessons in your spiritual emergency kit so you can have peace in the storm. No, do not be afraid, child of God, for if God is for you, who can be against you? Even when you feel you at your weakest, you can still stand in victory. There is a song that says, victory is mine, victory is mine, victory to, let me hear y'all. And I told to get what? Because victory, Victory is yours even in the wilderness. Victory is yours even though you're battling with addictions. Victory is yours even though last night you were crying. Victory is yours even though depression is knocking at your door. It is time to face that bully and take the stance of victory that belongs to you. Oh friends, if you are tired of being bullied and you want to face the enemy and continue to have victory over Satan until Jesus comes again, why don't you stand with me or raise your hand or type Jesus in the chat and I will pray for you.
Father, we are tired of allowing ourselves to be beat up when the authority is in us to trample Satan. Give us the strength to face our bully, to face our addictions, face our issues, remembering, Father, that Satan will attack and things will be painful, but that doesn't make us losers. God, we are winners and more than conquerors in you. And because we know that, even when we are in pain, we will still stand in victory. Father, give us this courage and reminder until the day you come again. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. So finally, brethren, farewell. Become complete. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Amen.